0: Thanks guys, that's awesome. God is good. And it's also good to have my wife home. I've just seen her now. <laughs> She's been on the Mops retreat too. We're going to open our Bibles this morning to 1 John chapter 1. And sorry, I forgot to put 1 John chapter 1 on. Can you find 1 John 1, New Living Translation for me, Kim? 1 John chapter 1. If you've got your Bible there, please open it up. Thank you, Lord. We're beginning a new series this morning, and we're going to be looking at 1 John over the next number of weeks, and I encourage you to to read through it in your own time over the next few weeks. See what God would say to you. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1. Awesome. We ready? This is God's Word. It It might do something amazing. It will do something amazing if you let it verse one we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning whom we have heard and seen we saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands he is the word of life this one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life he was with the father And then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the, the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of his son, uh, blood of, his, of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one Who is truly righteous. He Himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. And we can be sure that we know Him if we obey His commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love Him. That is how we know we are living in Him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. That's God's words, not mine. We're beginning a new series this morning called A Generous Life. A Generous Life. I wonder what's the most generous thing you've ever done. The most generous thing you've ever done in all your life and I'm not gonna tell you mine because that'd be boasting. And the Bible tells us don't don't tell your left hand what your right hand's done and do your good good gifts in secret, do your good deeds in secret. But I wonder what's the most generous thing someone's ever done for you? What's the most generous thing someone's ever done for you? I think about it and I think, well, someone gave me a car once. They said, here, here's the keys, so they signed it over, here's the car. We started to get a road, and that sort of stuff, but they, they gave me a car, that was pretty generous. Rochelle chose to marry me. I think that was pretty generous. I thank God for his generosity and Rochelle's every day. Thank you, Jesus. What's the most generous thing someone's ever done for you? I wonder if you describe yourself as a generous person. Are you a generous person? I've got to admit, even just last night, I. Had a revelation of my lack of generosity. Um, as we've said, the MOPS team was away. Rochelle was away. I was looking after the kids all day. We had a great time building rabbit hutches and things. But by the end of the day, I was tired. I was just a little bit grumpy, just a little bit short. And I had to say to my kids last night, "Look, I'm sorry. I got grumpy tonight." As we them in, as I'm tucking them in and saying goodnight and praying with them, I said, "You know what, guys? I'm sorry. I got grumpy." I'm sorry, I'll, I'll share it with you. I, I, I don't want to be like that. I still love you completely. Because I, I, I struggle to be generous, as God is generous sometimes. Some people think generous people go to heaven, but it's not true. Philanthropy is a, a really highly esteemed thing where people make lots of money and give lots of money away and it's great they fund lots of awesome things but philanthropy and generosity doesn't get you into heaven and my goal today is not to make you a more generous person that is not my goal if it happens that's okay but that's not my goal this morning and some of you going oh phew like that's going to be a stretch Andrew. this morning my goal is that we might see the generosity of god that we might see his kindness, his love, his grace, his goodness, his generosity towards us, towards you, and towards me. I wonder if you've ever been told by someone, oh, you know what, you, you you just gotta get this, because this, fill the blank, it makes life so much easier, it's so much quicker, it's so much faster, it's so much more powerful. You've gotta get fill the blank because it's just so good. Has anyone ever heard of something like that? Yeah, I'm sure you have. Did you know that in one year, $579 billion is spent trying to tell you what you need and what should want? $579 billion a year is spent trying to tell you what you should desire. That's twice the gross income of China Petroleum. That's twice the total income of BP, British Petroleum. That's twice the total income of Apple. That's twice the total income of Toyota. Every year is spent trying to make your brain think, I need this. Every year, people are paying other people to get in your head. $579 billion of it. I wonder if you've ever thought about what you want right now. How many of the things you want right now are things that you truly need? I, I, I want a new couch. Why? Because I saw a nicer one. I want a new TV because I saw someone else. This was just a little bit bigger. I want a new car because it broke down. Well, that might be the case sometimes. <laughs> what do you want? Is it a need or is it a desire? Is it a greed? Our world is paid $579 billion a year to be greedy. Can I put it that way? I wonder how much we spend trying to make our brain think other ways. We'll come to that later. In John's day, in John's day there was uh, people who, who believed that wisdom was the fountain of life. Greek literature, Greek philosophy was at its prime it was it was it was flourishing and gnosticism was one of the heresies that came in at the time that gnosticism that that knowledge could save, that essentially everything physical was bad and only spiritual was good and and knowledge would would lead to salvation but john writes this this book speaking directly against that lie against the false teachers who would say that knowledge will lead you to eternal life And he says, faith in Jesus is the only way that saves. He is the one that atones for our sin. In other words, John's saying, if you want petrol for the car, or sorry, if you want hay for the horse, or whatever horses eat, chaff, if you want fuel for the car, don't go to the toy shop. Go to the petrol station. If you want a new tractor, don't go to Kmart, unless you're a two-year-old and you want to drive it with your hand and... Don't go to Kmart if you want a haircut. If you want a haircut, don't go to the farm shop. That's an interesting. Anyway. He says, John's saying, if you want life, go to the one who has life. Go to the one who can give life. Don't go to the ones who can't give life to get what they can't give. In verse 4 of chapter 1, he says, we proclaim to you, the one we have seen and heard, these people witnessed Jesus. They lived with him. They they saw what he did. They they heard what he taught. He was a real person. He wasn't just some spiritual being that had great teaching. Some people believed he was just this great spiritual thing, and they didn't really want to believe that he was a a real person who had real truth, and that people should obey him. Sounds a little bit like some people's thoughts of Jesus today. In verse four, he says. We're writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. He's not writing these things so you've got to know this because you've got to do it. He he says, I I want you to know this because I want you to have the joy that I have discovered because Jesus is real, he is alive, what he spoke was true, and he wants to bring joy and life to you. He says, please, listen to these things. He says, God is light and there is no darkness in Him at all. If you want to have darkness, don't go to Jesus. If you want to hide in darkness, don't go to Jesus. But if you want to have light, if you want to have life, if you want to have love, run to Jesus. In chapter 2, verse 2, he says, He Himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. Sometimes, We struggle to remember these things. Sometimes we struggle. They're in our head, they're in our heart maybe, but it's at the back of our minds and it's deep down buried. And we struggle to trust God's love and His generosity. Lorraine shared with us this morning about the battle of grief. And maybe for you something's happened, someone said something, someone's done something, you're hurting, you're angry, whatever it might be, and you just feel like you can't trust God. If God's a loving God, why fill in the blank? Maybe God hasn't done what you wanted Him to do. God hasn't delivered you from what you wanted Him to deliver you from. And you just struggle to to, to trust in God's generosity and in His love. But He is the light. He is life itself. He is the sacrifice for our sin And He let humanity crucify Him. He allowed humanity to crucify Him. The One who created all things gave Himself over to be crucified for your sin and for my sin. That we, not Him, that we might have forgiveness and eternal life. Our God is a generous God. Our God is a generous, generous, generous God. We are sinful. We have all sinned. It says, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. There is nothing that can ever separate you from the love of God except you. It's only you that can turn your back on his love. It's only you that can walk away from his love. It takes a step to receive, to to accept, to walk into his love. In our heads, we say, Yeah, I, I know, I know Jesus died for my sin. I know he loves me. I know he's generous. But where do we go when things go bad? Where do we turn when things go bad? Honestly, truly, where do you turn when things go bad? Because if you're trusting in Jesus, you're going to turn to Him. That's a challenge for me. I think, God, where, where are the other places I try and turn at times to find life? Where are the other places I go to try and find comfort? Where are the other places I go to, to try and be built up and, and to find my, my joy, my pleasure, my relaxation? Where are the other places you might go? Honestly. Honestly. As Lorraine shared this morning, first we've got to be honest with ourselves and honest with God before we can move forward. Are we trusting in the Lord with all our heart and not leaning on our own understanding, as it says in Proverbs 3, verse 5? The next verse says, In all your ways, submit to or acknowledge Him. Submit to Him, acknowledge Him. And He will, as we do those things, as we submit to Him, as we acknowledge Him, he will make our paths straight. He will make the road ahead obvious and plain and, and it, we can walk the path ahead as we are honest and submit to Him and acknowledge Him. Are we trusting the Lord with all our heart and not leaning on our understanding? Listen to what God's Word says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. He says, And we can be sure, you can have total assurance, That we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. That's a harsh statement. But I tell you what, I want to know, I I have assurance that I am indeed forgiven, that that I am walking in the truth, that Jesus is my saviour and he is my Lord. John's saying, if you know God, you understand his mercy and his grace. If you know God, you know that he's a generous, loving, kind and compassionate God. And you, you know that if he commands something, that it's for your benefit. If God commands it, it's for our good. If we know God, we know that. We understand that. But how often does it slip to the back of our mind? How often do we think, oh God, your command this says this, but... I think I just want to do that because I think that's going to be better for me. If God commands it, it's for our good. Then he says, verse 5, But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So many things can claim to give us life, but Jesus is the source of life so many things claim have this have that you'll be happier if you get this life will be better 579 billion dollars a year is spent trying to tell you what's going to give you life but jesus is the one who gives life i wonder how many hours how many dollars a year do we spend reminding ourselves that jesus is the source of life I wonder how much we're investing into making sure our brain doesn't listen to all the other voices out there that say, this is how to have life. This is what you're going to do to have life. How much time do we spend pursuing the truth of God's Word, that Jesus is the source of all life? Have a listen to these verses in Ephesians 1, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Verse 7 and 9, it says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered His kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. Romans 3, verse 24 says, Yet God in His grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. This is no small deal. The the wages of sin is death. Without Jesus' death and resurrection, his sacrifice for our sins, our, our future is to be separated from God for eternity. Verse 25, he goes on and says, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding His blood. Shedding His blood for us, for you and for me. Let's skip that next one. Where in your life have you been struggling to trust in God's generosity? I'm sure every one of us has got somewhere. Where in your life have you been struggling to trust in that God is good, that God is generous, that He loves you, that His commandments are good, they are good for you? Where have you struggled to trust in His generosity? How have you held back because of doubts? How have you held back because of fears, because of hurts? About doubts, about whether it's safe or beneficial for you or someone else? Where have you held back believing that maybe God wasn't thinking in your best interests or in someone else's best interests? You know, we live in God's grace. We don't live in the Old, old, old Covenant. We don't live in the Old Testament. We, we, we're New Testament believers, and we live in grace. But the blessings of obedience still come with obedience. And if we walk away from God, there are natural consequences to sin. There are natural consequences to when we walk against God's ways. And if we want to walk in God's blessing, we've got to walk in His ways. Not just for... Not, no, it's for His joy, for His pleasure, but it's for your benefit, for my benefit. Our God is a generous God and He loves us. He welcomes us home. He has compassion. He never cuts us off. Our God is a generous God. I spent some time after Christmas. We were waiting for a baby to come. Anyone ever waited for a baby? Oh, it can be a hard, hard walk sometimes. But... Uh, during the time after Christmas, I spent some time just thinking and, and re-evaluating life, and thinking what what is life all about. What, what are my priorities? What are the what are the what are the things in my life that I will not negotiate? What are the things that I, I don't want to give up for anything? I spent some time just thinking, some praying, some reading, and I, I came up with basically what you'd call a life mission statement. And it's nothing to do with being a pastor. It's just for me as a person my goals my this is the non-negotiables this is what my life is about this is what i'm here for when you have five kids i'm sure i need to cull some things so i needed to know this and i'm going to read it to you you can think of it what you want but this is my life mission statement right now it's still in draft form but my mission in life is to love god and love people by enjoying life with god every day Caring for and supporting the people around me, using my time, talent and treasure to help people find life in God and inspiring and empowering them to do likewise. That makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up because it just excites me. It makes me want to get out of the bed in the morning. It makes me want to be generous when smaller people maybe are making me feel like not being so generous. It excites me. It, it, it stirs me. And I want to ask you, what is your life all about? Do you have any kind of an idea of what your life is all about? Have you got a life mission statement written down or just in your head? What is your life all about? Because you know, $579 billion a year is being spent to try and tell you what your life is about. And if you don't think about it, if you don't, if you don't pray this through, your life is going to drift from, from, from sales pitch to sales pitch, from, from this desire, from this cause, from this idea to that one, and that one, and that one, and that one. What is your life all about? We can so easily let secondary things, maybe good things, become priorities over the main things in your life. It's good to be generous. But first, we've got to know the generous God. And if you're, not, if you're cutting out time with God to do stuff for other people, then your priorities have got flipped. We've got to know God. We've got to prioritise our time with God. I've, uh, Kim was hunting me the other day because she couldn't find me because I was with God. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm locking it in and I'm saying, God, I, I want to make you my number one priority. Do you know your priorities? Our God is a generous God. Our God is an amazing God. Our God is a gracious God. Our God is a forgiving God. He says, if we do sin, we have an advocate who who speaks on our behalf. We have one that has died in our place. And when we do sin, when we do trip up, when we stumble, God does not come with a stick and say, get into line. He says, please, just come back to me. Come back to me. Live Live with me, do life with me. Let me pour my generosity out upon you again. Come to me, draw near to me. He doesn't want us to do life on our own. He doesn't want us to struggle and to strive, to battle, to chase after things that are just going to fade away and, and or even just hurt us. But He wants us to learn to trust Him. And as we trust him to learn to trust one another, even as we've been encouraged already this morning. As it says in verse 3, We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. I pray that you would fully share my joy of the knowledge of our generous God, of His grace, of His mercy, of His goodness. As we begin this new series about a generous life, let's work out our priorities. Let's work out what our life is about. Let's come to the generous God who gives and sustains life. And allow Him to reset our priorities, to refocus our life. That we might live for Him, that we might do life and have the blessings of doing life with Him. Are we truly trusting in God for our life? Or if we think about it, are we actually choosing to try and do it on our own? And literally ignoring God's commands and just doing it on our own? On the back table I've, I've just printed out a really brief summary of some of the the questions of it it's just a simple process of, of thinking about what are the, the the things in your life that are the number one things it's just a little help if you feel like you need to work out what your your life is all about what your goals are that's something that you can use but this morning i just wonder if we could have a time to pray for one another maybe as Lorraine said this morning, there's just been grief, there's been hurt, there's been things that you just, you've tried to just go on and, and, and look like things are going well, but you know in your heart you've just got to surrender it to God. Maybe that's you this morning and you love someone just to pray for you. Maybe you're angry at God and you just want God to just, just take that anger away. Maybe there's something in you that just, you, you're just realising again his generosity and his love and his grace, even though we sin. And you just want to respond and, and, and do something. You just want to come forward and just say, thank you, God, for what you've done for me. Maybe it's just to do something in your own seat. Maybe it's to write something down. But I encourage you, do not neglect. Do not forget. Do not allow yourself to forget the generosity of God. I'm going to ask the band to come. We're going to sing that song again. Your love is relentless. Your love is relentless. Your love is relentless. I, I, I really hope that you, as you go out this week, as you live your life, as you go the places God leads you, that you would have those words going through your mind. Your love is relentless and that it would inspire you, that it would just fill you with joy because we have a generous God who loves us, who cares about you, who continually just calls you and calls you and calls you because He desires to fill you with His life to lead you in in His light. Your love is relentless. Can we stand this morning? And I just want to pray. Thank you, Jesus. God, we, we thank you for your love. God, we thank you for your generosity, God. God, we want to be generous people. I thank you, God, for the generosity of the people in this room today. But God, I just pray that as we as we do life god that our our life would be motivated by your love by your generosity god that day by day week by week lord we would just come back to the truth that your love is relentless that you are so kind and compassionate towards us lord lord let that revelation just chip away every part of our life that would be any anger any hurt lord your generosity, your love. As we fix our eyes on the cross once again, that we, our, our hearts would, would melt, Lord. All those things, those issues, those problems, those trials that would just like ice melt away. And Lord, we would just come to you and just give you praise that we would celebrate, that we would just thank you, God, for your amazing love towards us. Thank you, Jesus. If that's you this morning and you want to respond, please just come as we sing this song now. What's that first line again? Salvation "Salvation sounds a new beginning. In Christ we are new creations. God is worthy of our praise. Let's let's sing this out.